Welcome to the Unmothered Podcast. Join me as we explore all the feelings and confusion surrounding the mother-daughter bond. Laugh with me, cry with me, and learn new ways to cope with what can be a very lonely existence without a mother to rely on. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi, peeps. Welcome back to my episode of the Unmothered Podcast. Here today with another exciting episode (laughs) of Thoughts in My Head. And I have been studying um, all about personality tests because I'm getting ready. In just a few short weeks, I go back to Chicago for my certification in story work, trauma coaching with Freedom Movement. And uh, we had to take the strength finders test. And so it got me thinking about birth orders in families, especially dysfunctional families, and how we take on roles as siblings. And so I wanted to talk about um, does birth order matter with your siblings in your family? So one of the things that was really on my mind uh, and when I was thinking about just my siblings and um, I think now that my dad's in a nursing home and there's different responsibilities. We also we have a younger sister, but she has a different dad. And so the responsibility falls on my brother and I. But I was thinking of um, just the birth order of the three of us. And I was thinking about the firstborn child and what their tendencies are, the middle child, that's me, and what those tendencies are, and then the baby of the family. I even think of that like with my girls, like the oldest and the youngest. And um, and in between that, actually Ariel is a middle child because I did have Linton, and so he's the firstborn, and she came next. So there's this underlying factor of like, yes, she's the firstborn in this family, but she's also a middle child in the whole family line. So all these different things to think about and what are the responsibilities that we take on in these roles? And have you ever thought about the things that you take on because of the roles in your family or the birth order in your family? So thought that was a really interesting subject and just kind of wanted to talk about that today. So as I took this test for strength finders, um, it was real interesting because I love taking personality tests. One, because they kind of do touch upon some particularities of the type of person that you are. And so I found it really interesting. I have to just share with you what my five top strengths were. The first one was relator, which... Okay. Second one was empathy, 100%. Third one is connectedness. Fourth is belief. And the fifth is individualization. And these are great qualities to have in my coaching. And so it was kind of uh, really eye-opening for me to study these things. By the way, you can find the Strength Finders 2.0 book on Amazon. And it's a tiny little book. Um, And it also has a code in the back of the book where you can go online and take the Strength Finders test. There's actually, I think, 29 different qualities that you could have, but they throw out the first five because those are the the most um, powerful ones that you have. Now, let me just preface it too. There's a a thing about me where I I take these tests and I'm like, but I don't want to be put in a box. And so that's why I like for me... You know, um, 
I always crack up because this generation is all about the Enneagram. My generation was all about astrology. None of those things I really follow to the hilt because I feel just like um, I had, I even told an Enneagram coach one time, I'm like, I, I mean, that's cool. Like I'm supposed to be a nine peacemaker or whatever, but but I just feel like it just puts you in this box of like, okay, that's who you are. Same thing like in my mom's era I was born in October, so I'm a Libra. I'm the scales. I weigh things out. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how I am. Like, I I definitely tend towards trying to make things balanced and equal. But I don't want to just lean on those particularities of a personality test because I think that uh, one of the things I want to talk about is like birth order, too, and those personalities is that that is affected by the trauma in your life. So even though like you could be the firstborn, you may not be a natural born leader because trauma has happened. And so then you tend to revert back to what you naturally would maybe do as a firstborn child. So the same with all these personality things is those are tendencies that you have, but you shouldn't just follow those things and say, this is how I am. I'm in a box. Like, I am this and therefore I can't be that. And so that's one of the things, you know, that is I always like to make clear is that I don't think that we are just these qualities and just because a personality test or a Enneagram or whatever you guys do, I don't follow any of those things deeply because um, I just like to let God lead me (laughs) where I'm going to go. And really, naturally, my tendencies just gear towards those kind of things. I am very empathetic. I feel like I do have a connectedness. My individualization, I have a strong um, belief system. Like there's all these things that are good qualities to have. And then on top of that, I just kind of let God lead me with those kind of things. where, Where can I... Um, be more powerful in those things to help make the world a better place. So there's a couple things I just want to naturally tendencies that may happen as you are in a certain birth order. So I was thinking about this and I was like, okay, so the firstborn child is always in charge of everyone. I'm thinking of my daughters this way too. (laughs) Um, And my husband, my husband is a firstborn. And so, um, I notice like they love to be in charge of everybody. They're very responsible. They're kind of bossy and they think their way is the best way. (laughs) But within that, those qualities open up to a bigger scope where I see a lot of empathy. I see a lot of understanding and that also comes with age too. And so um, that's kind of like a generalization of a firstborn child. The middle child, we kind of go with the flow. (laughs) So if anyone that knows me well, my small circle of friends always crack up because I'm the least competitive person in the room. So even like when we go to these different sessions for coaching, if they're like, okay, we're going to break off in groups and then you're going to be in charge of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, no, like I just that repels me so bad. So I've had to push myself to step out of my comfort zone because I'm the one that's just like, okay, you win. Like you, you take it. I don't want it. Like I am the least competitive person. Don't put me in a game. I I have a competitive streak. Like I like certain games where I'm like, oh, I want to win. You know, I like to cheer people on like that kind of thing. 
beat to my own drum. Like I am not the atypical, like throw me in a game, I'll be super competitive, whatever. It's like whatever the game is, if I really like the game, I'll get competitive. If I'm not about it, I'm like, meh, you go ahead and win. I don't care. So I don't have a high competitive streak in me. That's just not how I am. I'm pretty chill that way. Also, uh, we don't want to stand out. Like I don't, you know, I'm not afraid of the mic. <laughs> Obviously, I'm on this, but I don't need it, if that makes sense. Like it's not something like, I have to be on stage. I have to be number one. I have to let everybody, I got to shout from the rooftops. I actually do better in one-on-one -on -one conversations. I think this is why podcasting is so beautiful is because I get to just express my feelings through my voice just on a computer, quietly, calmly. <laughs> I can edit if I need to. I can pull back. I can move forward. You know, it's again, beat of my own drum. I don't need to be in front of a wide audience to get the kudos and the claps. That's just not um, a big thing for me. Not afraid of it. I just, it's not like the biggest pull for me. Like if you give me a thousand people in an arena, <laughs> I will talk to them, but it's not the it's, it's not the number one thing that drives me. Can be passive aggressive. That is kind of a bad quality to have, but there are times when it's like, hmm, okay, yeah, great, whatever you wanna do. Um, I have a little bit of a hard time just uh, speaking my mind a little bit and I'm getting better at that, but that is um, generally we're the peacemaker of the family and so we just don't want to ruffle feathers and so we're just like, okay, sure, I'm fine, go ahead, do that and inside I'm seething. <laughs> Um, but I want to make peace. And so I just, I don't want the conflict. And so um, we are generally the ones that are like, okay, how can we find a solution to this? Because this is important and we want to be the peacemaker of the family. The baby, I think of um, <laughs> my sister and my, and Dominique. They're the babies of the family and they love family. They, they love everyone together. They are very cuddly. They love being spoiled <laughs> and, uh, and they love being with family, but also there is an immaturity at times because so many people have cuddled and coddled them and protected them that they kind of fall back on that at times. And so as you get older, you have to like realize, oh, I have to do this on my own. There isn't family around that's going to help me to do that. They throw big fits if they don't get their way. <laughs> and also they can be the glue that holds the family together. So one of the things that I will say that really uh, stands out to me is, is how when I see the, the babies of the family is that they love having family gatherings. They love playing games together as a family. They, they just want everyone together. They are the glue that brings everyone back together. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So those are just some generalizations that I've noticed in family order. Um, in my family and a couple of other families that I think of. And if we can understand how those dynamics work within the family and also if there's been trauma in the family where some of those personalities may have pulled back a little bit or maybe they're extended too much uh, because 
it's their safety net. It's where um, it makes them feel safe. So, so for instance, if you're the baby of the family, it's like maybe you're asking too much of your family because like that's what you're like, I need, I need that uh, confirmation that everything's going to be okay. Otherwise, I'm going to fall apart in a uh, older child. You could be like, I have to control all of this. Otherwise, everything's going to fall apart. So it all stems from like these dysfunctional backgrounds that can be thrown into these personality core types. And so I would say to you, like, go and and take like a strength finders or uh, some of these other personality type quizzes just out of curiosity to see where do you naturally lean towards? Not where you are, what you think is the right answer, but where, what do you naturally lean towards? And maybe learn a little bit more about yourself to be like, huh, yeah, you know, I really am strong in this area, but why am not, why am I not using it within my own family um, or in work, in the workplace? Why do I not, you know, find these strengths within myself? Why do I fall back to some of these disproportionate tendencies? Why do I fall back on that? And it kind of opens up your world to a different thing. So I will say for me, learning these different things about myself, studying over the years, getting these different certifications, as a middle child, I always held back. I was I was like, I just want peace. I don't want to I don't want to be competitive. I don't want to do these hard things. And what I have found is that when I push myself a little bit more to do the hard things, not the hardest thing, but the hard things, things that are important. Certifications were important to me, but oh my Lord, I hated talking in front of people, taking tests, like all the things that really freaked me out. I was not, I'm not a firstborn child. I'm not a natural born leader. I don't want to, you know, take initiative. I would lean back into that, you know, oh, I'm just a calm person. I don't really want to... <laughs> test the waters. I don't want to grow my life anymore. I would just played it safe all the time. And when I hit 60, I was like, there's no more safety. The kids are gone. I can't fall back on, oh, I got to take care of my kids, my kids, my kids. It was, okay, what are you going to do with the next 40 years of your life? Because what if you live to be 100? You know, like I want it to be a full life. So I had to come out of my natural tendencies as a middle child of just keeping peace in the family and not going outside my circle. I had been taking many steps towards that, but I just completely threw it in the water. And I was like, no, I need to be more of a powerhouse. I need to be a little bit more of a leader. I need to step out of my comfort zone. What I have found over the last three years is that I love teaching. I love, I love, that's why I love this podcast. It's like any kind of information that I can learn and learn from and grow from, I want to show you guys and teach you guys that so that if you're not in that place yet, you, it can start you thinking like, hey, maybe I, just because I grew up in this order, maybe I can do something different with my life and, you know, Phyllis can do it. I can certainly do it, right? And so... Um, that has led me on some different paths recently where I'm like, yeah, I, I really enjoy, I want to start doing master classes. I, I want to start teaching more. I love to be able to coach people one-on-one. I think that is just like such a great opportunity to show people different things 
um, to open their minds up to different possibilities. So even though we've been raised in this one way, I hear this a lot in coaching as like, well, my mom says that I'm this, this, and this. And I'm like, but who do you say you are? So we fall back on these patterns like, well, you're the baby of the family, or you're the only girl in the family, or you're the only boy in the family. And so therefore, you have to do X, Y, Z. I challenge that a little bit because I'm like, even though you have these roles in your family, we all do and we all play into them. You don't have to just be that one thing. You can be much more, especially if you feel in your gut and your heart where you're like, I just feel like I could be more than what they're saying I am. I feel I could be different than what they say I am. You probably can be. It's just that you haven't um, experienced it yet. You're not like going out there and seeing the possibility that it could be like that. One of the things I wanted to just uh, share with you guys is when you when you love people where they are and and who they are. You when you better understand what they're made of and and what they feel, then you can have these deeper connections, not only with just people in general, but within your family. There's a respect there that you get to share in these differences. I get to listen to different things that I don't understand that maybe my daughters are doing where I'm like, wow, tell me more about that. That's really interesting. I don't think that way, but you do. And so I want to learn more from you. So it instead of it being a battle of like, well, they should be doing this because, you know, this is their role in the family. It's like you can take a step back and go, wow, that's really cool. Like they're doing something new if it's a good thing. <laughs> if it's bad behaviors, then we have another subject. But I just think that when you start to understand the whole of who your siblings are, who people around you are in even in the workforce, if you understand, you kind of start looking at the personality of somebody. There are people who are very detail oriented and they don't want small talk. It's like they're not being mean to you. If you're not healthy and knowing those responses, you can look at somebody and be like, they're so cold and they're so unfriendly. And it's like, no, honestly, they're just not comfortable in the small talk, like giggly kind of world. Then you're going to have the social butterfly who's like talking about everything and everybody. And you're like, whoa, pump the brakes. Like, I don't need to hear everything. And so sometimes, you know, you're like, they're too much. They're just so the life of the party. And you may be somewhere in the middle. But if you know what these personalities are up front, then you're going to be able to place those people in the right kind of jobs. You're going to be able to understand why they do what they do. You're going to be able to understand where to cut the conversation or where to add to the conversation. It just makes it a whole package. And if you can do that within a family, within your siblings, within your children, with your husband, it helps you understand. Mike and I are so different in our personalities, but when I understand where he's coming from and he understands where I'm coming from, I can tell myself, no, 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 you need to listen to this because this is how he communicates. So it may seem silly to me and then I realized this is really important to him. And so it gives me more of a clear listening ear and an open heart to, to be like, okay, this is how he's communicating. And then I can ask really good questions from there so that it opens up the conversation to something deeper. So that is all I wanted to talk about today with the sibling thing. It just came popped up in my head from going through these different personality tests. I was like, huh, this is really pertinent for workplace and also the sibling order 
how we fall into these patterns in our own family. And it can create um, a lot of dysfunction if we don't know how or why each individual person, how they're thinking or why they're thinking. And maybe take a step back and just say, let's work cohesively together. Who has the strengths in this area? Who has the weaknesses in, in this area? And where can we all meet in the middle especially when taking care of an elder parent, um, which is where we are right now again. It's like, how can we do these things together and come together as a team and really understand each personality and make it our own and be respectful of that in the family order? I hope this episode helped you. Please leave a comment if you have any questions or any kind of comment from this episode. I would love to hear from you guys. If you haven't, please hit that subscribe button and uh, follow me along for more of these great tips. I will see you later, peeps. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to get connected with other women who share your unmothered heart, head on over to my private Unmothered Facebook community group. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for this podcast to help me share this message with other listeners. All the links mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes below. Bye, peeps. Hey peeps, I really enjoyed just doing these episodes this last year and I'm so grateful for your support. And I just wanted to give you guys a heads up and let you know that for the month of December, we are taking a much needed break. We need to relax, be around family. I hope that you guys enjoy your family during the holidays too. You can still reach out to us through the Unmothered Instagram if you want to ask a question or post anything on there about some of the previous episodes. Just comment along. We will see you guys in January. We have some great guest speakers coming up and new episodes, and I can't wait. So I will see you later.